What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. Well, hello, all of you wonderful people. All right, are you ready to learn another huge aha moment about growing your business? Well, good because you're in the right place. We're here today to talk about how small businesses, perhaps one just like yours, can win big business. That's right. According to today's guest, big businesses actually like doing business with smaller companies. Now, that's a best-kept secret, isn't it? Well, author, small business owner, and spokesperson Cynthia Kay says that the key to small business success is to target big business companies customers and to create long-lasting relationships and to work side-by-side with them. And she is here to teach us how. Cynthia is the author of Small Business for Big Thinkers, Unconventional Strategies to Connect with and Win Big Business. That sounds amazing. I know I'm going to go out and get that. In her book, Cynthia provides a roadmap for entrepreneurs to expand their business while learning how to connect with highly sought-after customers. So you're going to get an inside peek here today on the Million Dollar Mindset. I'm really excited to introduce today's guest, Cynthia Kay. Cynthia, thanks so much for taking the time out to be here today. Oh, I am so delighted to chat with you, Marla, and uh, I'm excited to be here as well. Yay, good. I think it's just going to be a fun show Yay. because your topics, yeah. I did, hear that, I did hear that some of your listeners wanted fewer guests and wanted you to chat more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I think I did say that to Tess, didn't I? Yeah, you know, I, I've been getting emails for the last number of months saying, you know, we love your guests, but we also love when, when you come out and just spout your wisdom, <laughs> which I had to chuckle at. But um, it's fun. I like doing shows with guests because I get to meet amazing people like you. And I love doing shows alone, too, oh, because well, I get to talk to myself for an hour. <laughs> that's all right that's good as long as you don't talk back to yourself right (laughs) (laughs) Right. exactly something like that Wow. So, Cynthia, I'm excited to ask you about your career in broadcasting. Um, I worked for NBC Television for 22 years, and uh, and so whenever I meet a fellow broadcaster, uh, not that I was on air, but uh, I was behind the scenes as a producer, I'm always curious, what, what prompted you to leave broadcasting and start your own business? Well, you know, I always thought that I wanted to run my own business. Um, And I loved my years in broadcasting. I really did. Um, I spent about 13 years, worked for a CBS affiliate and an ABC affiliate. But, you know, it was at a time when, um, and you probably, you'll remember that there was sort of this buying frenzy where stations were getting bought and sold and bought and sold. Mm -hmm. At the last station that I worked at, um, 
I want to say I worked for four different owners in six and a half years. And, you know, when, when you start to see that change over, you, you want more control over your life. And I think that's the reason that a lot of people go into business, is they want to have more control over their life, over their career, over the kind of work that they do. And, and that's kind of where I was at. Um, so it was, uh, it was one of those career-changing moves. And um, I, I will tell you I got fired from my last job in broadcasting. That's a whole other book I'm going to have to write. It was probably a blessing, well, right? <laughs> oh, it was. It was because it actually spurred me to do what I knew I was eventually going to do, and that was start my own business. Mm-hmm. Yep, I can tell an entrepreneur when I hear one. We love that freedom. <laughs> Even if it's the freedom well, to work you know, eight-hour weeks. That, <laughs> yeah. It, well, yeah. You, you know, I used to say I used to have one boss. Now I've got hundreds of them, actually, because uh-huh. every customer that you have is really, in effect, your boss. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, again, you have the freedom to say no to those customers, too, so it feels yeah, good. Uh, uh-huh. It is. <laughs> So do you want to hear a little bit about um, why I think big businesses like small business? Because I think think people are surprised by that when I tell them that. Um, You know, I think there's kind of been a love-hate relationship between big business and small business. Um, I I often say my big business customers get, get tired of being called slow and inefficient. And, you know, for a long time we would hear about big businesses as, not being able to respond quickly. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think that big businesses sometimes get a little tired of small businesses being called the, you know, the engine that's going to take our economy out of the, the downturn, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think there's been that. And then small businesses, on the other hand, sometimes think that business big businesses get all the breaks, um, you know, they, they often feel like maybe um, they get kind of pushed aside and big businesses have more pull and are able to, you know, really get their message out there. But I really think, and my own experience has, has shown, that big businesses and small businesses make great partners um, for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, I, I think to begin with, um, I think big businesses really like us because we're so easy to do business with. You know, small business owners um, don't have a whole legal staff that's going to sit and negotiate every little point of a contract. Um, You know, we're fairly easy when it comes to, um, you know, processes and procedures. Uh, we respond really fast. Um, in fact, I was I was in Boston last week working, and one of my customers said, "I just love the fact that you know if we say we need you, you'll get on a plane and you'll go somewhere." So I, you know, I think they they love that about small businesses, and I think that um, they also love the fact that um, we we have lots of great ideas. Um, we have sort of a non-corporate America view. So if they want a different perspective or a fresh perspective, I, I think a lot of times big businesses will look to small companies because we don't do the same old, same old. 
Right, right. We have a, a whole different viewpoint. And uh, as you said, that creativity. And and they're taking, to me, it's it's like they're taking a lot less risk because bringing on enough employees to to fill that need that they have could be really cost prohibitive and extremely risky. So going with a small mm-hmm. business where, as you said, the contracts aren't as tight and, and you don't have those employee-employer guidelines that you have to watch over is less risk. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I also think that, you know, depending upon the, the, the large company, many of them have corporate goals, and their corporate goals say, you know, they need a certain percentage of women-owned businesses or minority-owned businesses or veteran-owned businesses, and usually those are smaller companies. So in some ways, we can also fulfill some of their corporate goals when they do business with a small company. Right. So how, then, Cynthia, do we get them to notice us? <laughs> well, that's a little bit tricky, I, I must admit. Um, but I think um, there, there's a couple of ways. Uh, for one thing, I think small companies have to really position themselves. And by that, what I mean is they have to put themselves in places where they are going to connect with big businesses. In, in my case, I will tell you that um, I have met a number of my big business customers because I've been working um, and volunteering for nonprofits. You know, part of our corporate, um, you know, our, our corporate um, citizenship here at my company is that we like to volunteer for nonprofits that, that we think do great things in the community. And often when you're working on these boards or on these projects, you're working side by side with, um, with folks from big companies. So that's one way that you can have a, a great, you know, face-to-face contact, meet people. And, and the one caution I have is, is that, I, I say you should never volunteer for an organization you don't really care about. You know, you, right. you don't do it just to meet those big customers. You do it because you really care about the mission of that, of that organization. And when you're doing something from the heart, when it, when it really is important to you, people notice that. So, for example, we've done things for, oh, gosh, muscular dystrophy, the American Cancer Society, Gilda's Club. We have a fabulous organization here in town called Kids Food Basket, which provides sack suppers for, um, for young people who come from families that, you know, feed their children. And we've met some fabulous people through working with that organization. So I think that's one way, is you position yourself and you put yourself in places where you will meet people. Um, and, and I think that also holds true for business organizations. Um, we have an organization here in Michigan called the Small Business Association of Michigan, SBAM. And it works for um, advocating for small businesses. And I've met some wonderful large companies through that organization as well. Um, so, you know, I think nonprofits, business organizations, um, there's just so many ways that you can meet people. I, I, the other thing I think you can do to position yourself, and this is something I think um, a lot of people have a hard time with, um, applying for awards. And, and I say mm-hmm. you have to learn how to brag. 
And so we've applied for and have won a number of awards. Um, We won, you know, the top woman-owned business. Um, I've applied for, you know, one of the 50 most influential women. When, When your name starts to appear in these things, and, you know, my, my mom always used to tell me, Cynthia, don't brag, you know, and mom was uh-huh. right about a lot of things. This is one she's not right about. Yes. But, you know, Cynthia, I want to hear work. more about that, but we are going into our break, and we're going to be back in just two minutes, and we'll talk more about that and the buying trends of big All businesses. Right. Thank you. Great. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And a very happy Monday to you. I want to thank all of you for being here and for participating in making this show a success. I I love hearing from all of you. I love your ideas, your thoughts, your input. Uh, So let me know. Give me more of what you want so I can bring that to you. You can always reach me at Marla at MarlaTabaka.com. 
com and of course over on Inc. I love that you tune in over there. It's Inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tabaka. So I look forward to your comments there as well. And today we're here with author Cynthia Kay and we're learning more about how to win big business, how small business can actually stand a chance against those those slightly larger businesses and get in there and, and win some contracts with large business. In fact, I had a client who, I have a client who just won a uh, contract with Hewlett Packard. Huge, huge for a small business. So it can be done. It can be done. So Cynthia, going into break, you were talking about awards. And I'm really curious, like how, how do people find out about awards within, you know, their their area well i you know i think there are are some that you probably would find almost in any region um often chambers will have uh awards that that they provide um there are awards like the athena award which is for outstanding women um there are a number of what i would call industry awards so let's say for example in my industry which is media production there are things like the telly awards um and while a lot of my customers might not really know what that telly award is they do know it's for outstanding achievement within my field so I think you want to look at business awards, you want to look at local and regional awards, you want to look at industry awards. All of those things really get your name out front. And then once you do win those awards, you want to put that, I mean, at the bottom of your email signature, or maybe you put it on your on-hold message on your phone. Um, you, you want to make, you tweet about it. You, you do all sorts of those things so that you get your name out there. I love you know, it. And I think the well, other big thing. No, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What else can we do to really maybe look more prestigious to the larger companies and stand mm-hmm. out from the rest? Well, and, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that big businesses obviously do is they send out RFPs or requests for proposals or requests for quotes. And a lot of times you can find out about that by going onto a business's website uh, you can call and inquire whether or not you can get on a list. Um, I have often found that um, getting myself either connected with someone at the business um, and just doing sort of a little digging to say, you know, are you using anyone currently? Um, how do I get my name on a list? It might take a while to do that. But there are options, um, and there are, are conferences. For example, last week um, or two weeks ago, I was actually in the Detroit area. They had a businesswomen's conference, and as a part of this conference, there was an opportunity for women to sign up and meet buyers from huge companies. And you got a chance to meet them, you know, do a short presentation, hear about what their needs are. These conferences are a phenomenal way for you to go in and in one fell swoop meet lots of different people and see who you connect with. And then you've got to obviously follow up because that's just the first step. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's a great point. I've heard of those conferences and I've had many clients go to them as well. And it is a great a great door. Um, so, Cynthia, what what are some of the buying trends of big businesses that you've experienced firsthand? Well, there. First of all, I, I think there is um, there's obviously um, continued pressure for big companies to save money. I mean, cost savings. You know, it's not necessarily a new trend, but I think it's always going to be there. So one of the things that I think um, smaller firms need to really think about is, you know, um, when you go to a big company, are there ideas that you can bring to them that will help them to either reduce costs or control costs? And so I think that is definitely one of them. I think the other one is faster delivery. Um, there, you know, it used to be that you'd get a request for a product or something, and you know, in my in my industry, projects used to take oh six to seven weeks. Sometimes now it's a week to two, and they're expecting mm-hmm. something to be completed. So there's a definite push for can you respond quickly and can you deliver quickly. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a good thing, but I think all of us have become real short-term thinkers. And so a lot of times we won't hear about a big project until the very last minute, and it's it's there and it's due, you know. Yeah, um, you have to be able to do that. Things- Cynthia, tell us, tell us a little bit. Let's let's interject a little bit about what you do at at your company. Okay. Well, um, I own a media production and communications consulting company, and what mm-hmm. that means is that we are often an extension of a large company's communications department. So, for example, we will help them with maybe their strategic communications to their employees or to their distributors, to their suppliers. Uh, We also produce a lot of the tools that they use. So, for example, we will be producing videos on leadership or um, product marketing pieces or when you go to a trade show and you often see the big, huge screens that are up there with presentations on them, Mm -hmm. we create those for our customers. So it's really all about helping them to communicate to the various audiences that are in their sphere. Okay. Okay, good. I wanted to give our audience here an idea of what what type of business can can get out there and reach for this big business um, and, and certainly service like yours can do that. Um, mm-hmm. What other types of businesses does big business typically look for? Mm-hmm. Well, I think big business, um, obviously I'm on the service side, but I think that big businesses are also looking for smaller manufacturers and people who can help them create niche products. One of the things that I, I, I have to sort of plug about my book is, is that these aren't just my stories. Um, mm-hmm. Many of the stories that are in Small Business for Big Thinkers um, are actually from CEOs of small companies that are across the country. And some okay. of them are manufacturing, some of them are retail, uh, some of them are service businesses. So I don't know that you have to be a specific type of business to do business with big business. They, you know, they have lots of needs. Um, but I do think that they are looking for a certain type of company to work with them. 
Okay, and that would be you. You said someone who can possibly deliver faster and uh, deliver the creativity, mm-hmm. cost savings. What else? Creativity is huge. Um, well, I think they're also looking in some cases, especially if you're delivering a, a product, they're looking for someone that has global capability. And this, I think, is, can, can be difficult for a small supplier if they haven't had that opportunity to deliver products globally. Uh, one of the buyers that I interviewed for my book said a big consideration for him is that when he's buying, He's not just buying for North America. He's also buying for his, um, the company in China, his company in Japan, his company, you know, really all over the world. So in some cases, they are looking for a supplier that will have global capacity. And that one is a little, that, that, I have to admit, that one is difficult because that means you've got to have systems set up to be able to export your product you know, across the globe. Yeah, which, frankly, (laughs) you need to do anyway. (laughs) So, you just kind of force your hand. I I think more and more you're right. I I think a lot of people do think that that they are, you know, that they can limit the scope of of the the area they serve. But, you know, um, in, in my case, I think people are surprised when, when I tell them I'm on a plane almost every week going somewhere. Um, and that's because my customer wants us to be able to serve them where they are. Right. And so that means you have to and, – and, you know, and I think when it comes to operations, you really – even though you're small, you have to think like a big business. You have to think yeah. bigger. Yeah, and I think a lot of people limit themselves in that thinking because, you know, they see being a small business owner as having certain restrictions. But the bigger you think, the more the possibilities are. And we know that here on the Million Dollar Mindset because it really is about, you know, thinking big and creating the opportunities through your mindset and your belief system. So we have just under two minutes until our next break, Cynthia, but I'd like to start on this question because I find it intriguing. What, what are some of the most common mistakes that small business owners make when they're trying to work with the big businesses? I'm sure you've seen a few. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think um, one of the biggest mistakes is that they don't customize their their product or service offering. They go in with sort of a generic, um, you know, well, if this works for this customer over here, it will work for this big business customer. I, I think you have to do a lot of homework, and you have to really, really understand how you can tailor what you're offering. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. I may have a huge um, product offering in that I can script write, and we have video cameras, and we have editing, and we have. but some of my big customers don't need all of that. If I go mm-hmm. in and try to sell them all of that, that's a mistake. What I need to know is maybe they only need for us to edit something, or maybe yeah. they're only looking for a supplier to you know, handle the videography in the field. So if I go in without really listening to them and really understanding what they need, I'm going to waste their time. And that's yeah, a huge so, mistake because you only yeah. have so much time. Yeah, that listening is definitely the key. We are going to be back with you in just a couple of minutes. Okay, thanks.
Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Riles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. On the Rockstar Radio Network. Finally, a show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power in those stories. Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. On Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. So, Cynthia Kay is with us here, and she is the author of a fabulous book called Small Business for Big Thinkers Unconventional Strategies to Connect with and Win Big Business. And you can learn more about Cynthia at uh, bizthinking.com which is her blog so and we love the way she thinks so I'm sure that blog is going to be really a wonderful wonderful resource for you and certainly you can pick up a copy of her book over at Amazon so Cynthia Cynthia, going into break we were talking about the mistakes that uh, small business can make and and yes I've seen that too time after time where we're so excited to just get the ear of somebody in a corporation that we just blow off a lot of a lot of steam about how we can help them and all the different things we can do for them, which becomes impossible to believe actually after a little while too. So to really understand your mission when you go into that big business and understand specifically what you're there for and what service or or product or whatever it is that you're there to provide them and and sticking staying on path with that is probably a critical key to actually landing the business once you find it so yeah that, Cynthia, that is absolutely true 
Yeah, yeah. Kind of stop, stop the, you know, do the the mock interviews maybe with other people to get all that excitement talking out so that you can get down to business once you're through those doors. <laughs> but there's a time when we shouldn't compete, when it's actually a little bit risky to compete with others for certain types of business. Tell us when those times are, when not to compete. I, I, I just think you're right on task there with that one, Marla. You know, um, I think it's really easy, especially if you're a startup, that you are so excited to just get the business that you often try to grab business that you should walk away from. And um, and I've actually seen small businesses make serious mistakes and and end up in trouble because they went after jobs they really shouldn't. Now, one of the key things is, I think you have to really look at, does the work fit into your core capability? Is it something that is really central to what you do? I'll give you an example. In my business, I create fabulous videos. But if you were to ask me to go stage an event and, you know, put up all the cabling and the screen, that is outside my core business. That is better left to someone that really does that for a living. So when someone asks you to do something that doesn't fit in well with your capabilities, then I think you need to really seriously look at it. Um, I think the other thing is, is if you're doing business with a customer, and, and my first year in business, I will tell you, one large customer was 85% of my business, and that is a scary Yikes. place to be. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what, what you have to do is look at, you know, are, is one customer going to take up so much of your capacity that it puts you at risk for meeting your commitments to other customers? Um, and then I think the other thing is is that sometimes big customers, and we all know this, uh, it's not always about price, but sometimes it is about price. And if they're asking you to do something for a, for a, a price that you know you just can't do it, you need to walk away, and and I, I have a lot of stories about that in the book because I do think it's tempting to think, wow, you know, there's all this volume I'm going to get, but it's at such a discounted rate that it really can put you at risk. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to know when to compete, and I think you need to know when to walk away. Yeah, there are there are a lot of risks, and and I think the key risk is putting all of your eggs in that one basket. And I've worked with many coaching clients who have done that. And I'll tell you what, that's the first thing we work on is diversification, um, because this this has just become such an unpredictable economy. And there are many many reasons why corporations might just you know drop your contract. But now with this economy added into that, it it creates such a higher risk factor. So anybody listening out there, if that's you, then we got to talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. So it's important to know when to walk away, and um, and and understand those risks, and when when not to compete for that business. And Cynthia, this is the show, as you know, is the million dollar mindset. What what kind of mindset does it take for an entrepreneur to go in and compete for big big business? I, I think the first thing is, <laughs> my staff always laughs at me because one of my favorite phrases is, it's all doable. <laughs> I, I think you have to be very, and you know, you, you preach this, I know you do, and, it, and, and we're, you're so on target with it. You have to have a positive attitude. 
I think that's one of the things yeah. it, that, and no one can give you that. And mm-hmm. and and by the way, um, when I say positive, I don't I don't mean that you fool yourself into thinking you right. you know can do things that you can't, but that you become very clear about what you do well and and are very positive about that. I, I think the other thing is is you have to have an energetic mindset. You have to you have to be energized by all of the things that you do. Um, I often have said when I quit enjoying what I'm doing, I will go do something else. I think that's scary for some people, but I really do believe that to be an entrepreneur, you have to just have an energy. In fact, when you get in a room with a lot of entrepreneurs, you can just feel the energy. Yes. Yeah, there's that excitement that is always at play when you're in a room full of entrepreneurs. And and that, um, that positive, you know, entrepreneurs – can be down to their last dime and yet typically have an attitude that it can change on a dime and that the next moment can be very, very different for them. And you can just feel that when you're in the room. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and, you know, I think the other thing that as an entrepreneur too, I think you have to be a curious person. Yes. And you have to be curious about lots of things. You know, you, you, you want to know how things work. You want to know how you can make something better. You have to be curious about the world around you. And, and I think that, that when you have that mindset, when you're always learning or always trying to learn something new, um, I think that mindset really moves you ahead. You know, we don't need to know it all. We really don't. I think sometimes business people feel like they do. I, I, I think it's extremely freeing to to say, I don't know, and, and to ask other people to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when you do that, I think the results are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I, I, I always talk about Henry Ford, and, you know, he was the king of that. I, I don't know the answer to that, but I can have that answer within 30 seconds, you know. And I think that that's a great uh, uh a great learning for all of us because we're told we have to be experts in order to compete. But um, so many people don't understand that being an expert doesn't mean that you know absolutely everything there is about your industry or your topic. It basically means that you know enough, you know more than the average person certainly, and that you can get those answers, that you're connected enough to get those answers. So I think that's something to be careful of. Now, Cynthia, you've worked with some some really big businesses, global fortune, you know, 100, 500 companies. And I'm sure that you've learned something from those businesses that you've applied to your own business. Tell us some of your stories. Well, I tell you, I've, um, I have learned a lot about how to be lean because I have gone through a number of downturns with large companies and I've seen how they have responded. Um, you know, lean manufacturing is a concept that was, you know, first introduced by Toyota, but it is a concept that really is now being applied to all kinds of businesses. And, um, and I learned a lot about lean by watching my large customers. Um, and that has, you know, you can't get that education anywhere, but when you no. start to watch um, how large companies, you know, have really tried to energize their workforces and 
and make the most of their resources. Um, that that's something that that I learned from from my large customers. Um, I, I think the other thing that I learned uh, is that that culture and and the relationships that you have with your employees are critical. And I, I think that's something that large companies pay a lot of attention to. You know, they 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 look at the culture that they're that that they have. And if they need to make a cultural shift, they work at doing that. I think that's something that maybe smaller companies don't pay as much attention to, but it's so important. Actually, it's it's probably more important because there are fewer people around, and so you really do have to connect with them because you're depending on all of those people to get the work done. So, you know, uh, building building a wonderful culture is something that I've I've actually learned a lot about by watching my large customers. Well, it's really good to hear um, because I don't have much engage, engagement with um, corporate America. So it's really good to hear that those trends are changing and that they really are uh, looking more co- carefully at the co- corporate culture. I talk about that a lot for smaller businesses, and, and it's nice to have someone uh, who's been on the inside who actually witnesses it happening in larger corporations. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we are going into our final break. I can't believe how fast this show is going because I'm enjoying talking to you, Cynthia, and all of the wonderful information that you're bringing to us. Um, when we well, get back, you. From, yeah, absolutely, it's so much fun having you here. Um, when we get back from break, I'd like to talk about a few of the things in your book. I know that you promote giving something away as a tactic for for getting more business. So I think it'd be fun for us to learn like some of the things that you've given away and how that strategy works for you. I know that I offer um, my prospects a a half hour complimentary coaching session because I have to know and they have to know if we have synergy between us because I don't want to work with someone that I don't think I can help. So I'd love to hear how, how your business engages in that and what the success has been for you. So thanks everybody again for being here. Ah, thank you. And uh, I just want to thank our listeners and, and remind you all that uh, you can find more information on these wonderful types of topics over my column at uh, Inc. Magazine online. So please do go over there and visit me at Inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen Tabaka, and you can always email me as well at marla at marlatabaka.com. But meanwhile, I'm just happy to see you here today. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. The Woohoo 
Radio Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse, involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. It's talking Smack with Beth, the real sports mom. It's one hour of hot topics that matter to sports moms and athletes. We'll be bringing you tips and advice from the leaders in youth sports today, as well as some inspiring stories from athletes and sports moms. With our own Sports Moms Roundtable, you're invited to be part of our show. We strive to educate and empower sports moms everywhere. Join us for Talkin' Smack with Beth, the real sports mom, every Thursday at 12 noon central, right here on the TogiNet Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on TogiNet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. Well, I hope that all of you are enjoying this episode of The Million Dollar Mindset as much as I am. We have with us author and entrepreneur Cynthia Kay. And uh, you can join Cynthia over on her blog at bizthinking.com, B-I-Z, bizthinking.com, and pick up a copy of her book over on Amazon. So, Cynthia, I know that, you know, you've been in business a while. You run a very, very successful company. You're a successful author. You've been inside of these, you know, Fortune 500 companies, 100 and 500 companies. So, you know a lot about what works for small businesses and what doesn't work. And and, and one of the things that I see not working um, all too often, although it can work beautifully, at some points is business partnerships, mostly because people go into them without, without discussing the things that are most important and without laying out the agreement in a sensible way, at least that's from my viewpoint anyway. Um, so talk to us about partnerships and, and uh, this concept that you've developed that's really interesting. <laughs> It's kind of interesting because um, I grew up in a family-owned business. And so, you know, I saw the the good things, and I also saw some of the things that, wow, could have been disastrous. And so when I went into business, um, and I I actually started my company with a partner and then ended up buying him out a number of years later, but I – I did all of the things that I thought were right in that I had the traditional business agreements and the buy-sell and, you know, the stock and all those sorts of things. But what I, what I wasn't really smart about is this concept I call having a business prenup. 
You know, we, we often hear about people who have prenuptial agreements when they're getting married. And, you know, they tell you to sit down and talk about all kinds of things. But we, we don't really do that when we are talking about going into business. And, and here's some of the things that I, I think we miss. We miss, you know, the fact that everyone has their own personality. And personalities can really either be wonderful to move the business ahead or they can get in the way. You know, people have different styles of working. Um, people have different values. And, you know, and, and all of these things, I think, play into whether or not you're going to be successful. So I say, yes, it may be business, but you need to get personal. And you need to ask lots of questions. And, you know, I'll give you just a couple of them. Um, um, do you really want to spend a lot of time with this person? <laughs> because believe it or not, you mm-hmm. will spend more time with this person than you will your own family. Um, yeah. If they're married, is the spouse going to be involved in some way? Uh, that's one that I think can be just done. You probably have seen this in your coaching. Yes, well. yes, um, that's a huge one where the spouse starts making the decisions for the business owner. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, um, I, are these people good communicators? Um, you know, a lot of times we go, well, you know, if they can do the job. But no, in a partnership, people have to communicate. Um, do they pay attention to their health? Um, this is one that I just think, um, you know, years ago we didn't really pay a lot of attention to this. But now we understand what the cost of health care is and we understand the difficulties. And so, you know, does the person have a healthy lifestyle? Because if they don't, What's that going to mean for your business? Um, Right. And so I've kind of got a whole checklist of things that I think you need to really ask and you need to get smart about partnering if you are going to make that leap with someone Uh, because these are the things that I think can – can cause a partnership to derail. And, you know, when you're not going the same direction that your partner is going, um, you know, employees get confused, your customers don't get serviced. So uh, it's pretty important. You know, I I always say if you're going to partner up with someone, you need to think about, um, you know, should you just hire that talent or do you really want that person to be a partner? And I'm sure you've got a whole list of questions as well. (laughs) I do, I do. But unfortunately, Cynthia, they come to me once the partnership has has decayed. And so usually I'm doing the cleanup work with them. And and one of the things that I see also, you know, entrepreneurs, they're so excited about the prospect, this new idea and giving birth to it and moving forward with it, that they often don't think into the future when they're, they're discussing this, you know, things with their new partner and they don't think about the vision and are they on the same path do they see the same vision in 5 10 15 years from now and uh, that that's one of the headaches too i've, I've worked with um, many partners who one wanted to just stay small and generate an income for their home and the other one wanted to go global and so mm-hmm. not only is that, yeah, not only is that different vision, different values, as you mentioned, which are so important to understand, um, 
but it's also different abilities, different levels of ability. So, of course, in this case, the one that wanted to go global had the higher potential for going global, whereas her business partner really didn't have the capacity for, for understanding it and maneuvering through that process. So uh, that's another thing to take a look at. You know, one of the tips that I, I, I say to people is when you sit down to have these conversations, take really good notes or even record the conversation that you're having. I mean, obviously, you know, you want everyone to have access to that. But sometimes you miss things because, like you say, you're so excited you hear what you want to hear instead of what the person is really saying. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I encourage people to, you know, work with a coach or work with someone prior to partnering up because yes. getting out of the partnership is difficult and, and, and it's stressful for everyone. So if you can avoid that by making some good decisions up front and having some great conversations and knowing where you're going, um, then you don't have to do that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I see, you know, as you said, working with a coach is so important. Obviously, I'm a coach, so I think so. Um, but, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things I see partners doing often, and they come to me again after the fact, is they work with separate coaches. And um, I think in in some cases, if you if you need a personal coach, I think that's great. But in the case where your business is involved and you're working with the intention of driving that business forward, a, a coach working with the same coach in individual and group sessions is so powerful because a good coach is going to be able to see where those differences lie and get you on the same page if that's at all possible and, uh, and, and uh, prevent a lot of the collisions <laughs> that the coach could see could possibly happen. So, so working with one coach is very powerful too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and like you say, I, I think having that, those outside eyes and ears, um, uh, a coach yeah. will pick up things that, you know, you will miss because you're in the midst of it. Um, yes. And so having that objective party is, is, is great. I, I talk a lot in the book about, you know, building a team and, and having that external team. You don't need to have um, all of that capability on your own staff, but you do need to know how to access people when you need them. Yeah, most certainly. It's important to have a team, and, and that team would include external resources too. What are some of your most valuable external resources, Cynthia? Well, you know, um, I I actually have a number of them. Um uh, to begin with, I think it's, it's extremely important that you have great financial, um, you know, coaches, um, a, a great um, accountant, CPA, and, and someone who works with small business, I think, is important. Yes. Um, you know, I think they have a specialty that, that is, you know, if you look at their, the makeup of their clientele, are they working with lots of small businesses? Um, I have a a team of legal people. I have an HR attorney. I've got a business attorney. Um, Those people, you know, I I, I say pay me now, pay me later. Uh, Mm -hmm. These are individuals who I know sometimes small business owners say, gosh, do I really need to spend the money? They are invaluable in what they will help you do. They get you down the path and keep you out of trouble. It's important. Um, a great insurance agent because there's a lot of risk associated. So you want someone who's going to help you manage or control your risks, and I, I think that's critical. 
And then I, I have a lot of informal people who are just CEOs of companies that I know that are part of my network, and, and I pick up the phone and say, I'm thinking about doing this. Give me your thoughts. They'll do the same with me. I think building a network of people that you can bounce ideas off of because they're looking at it sometimes from a completely different vantage point, and they, they, will, they will ask the questions that you might not even know to ask. So I say, you know, build a network. Get, you know, get those folks as a part of your team, and you need to be, a, if you're a business owner, you should be a resource to other business owners. I have a lot of business owners who will call me and say, would, would you just take a look at this for me and just give me your thoughts? Um, it's just great to have that network. Yeah, it is. And it's important. You don't do it alone. And that's another mistake that a lot of uh, newer entrepreneurs especially make is thinking that they should do it alone. And women, aren't we notorious for thinking that we can build a business alone as well as run the household, take care of the kids, keep you know, the husband happy and all of these things all by ourselves. So that's, that's such great advice. Cynthia, it's been so much fun having you here on The Million Dollar Mindset. Thank you for being here today. We we really appreciate it. Oh, it's been my pleasure. It really has. Thank you. And again, everyone who is listening, you can find more about Cynthia at her business website, which is thinkck.com. That's thinkck.com. And at her blog, bizthinking.com. And don't forget to go on over and pick up a copy of that fabulous book as well, Small Business for Big Thinkers, Unconventional Strategies to Connect with and Win Big Business, just like Cynthia has been doing in her own business for a number of years. So that definitely makes her the expert. So uh, go on and get lots of great tips about growing your business and, and uh, learn how to prevent some of the classic mistakes that entrepreneurs make when they're trying to grow their business so and uh thank you all for hey, listening Marla, today you. yes thank you cynthia bye-bye now to say thank you so much you you do such a great service with all of the wonderful information that you give people oh that means a lot thank you cynthia i appreciate that and i look forward to remaining connected with you and uh, we'll talk soon mm-hmm. thank you have a great week Thanks, you too. And everyone listening, please feel free to contact me at Marla at MarlaTabaka.com. We'll see you here next week on The Million Dollar Mindset. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there,